You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 265 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. I don't know how many people listen to these episodes as they are released. So maybe my theme this year of releasing them on a specific date is irrelevant. But I enjoy doing it and today is the day the Maiden of Orleans died. Most people know her as Joan of Arc. She is considered a heroine of France and was canonized as a Roman Catholic saint. She was a visionary and considered mad by many since she did not only talk to God, but God talked to her. And this latter form of talking to God is not accepted, still to this day. She was burned at the stake at only 19 after having achieved more at that age than most people do in their lifetimes. And she did it as a girl living in the 15th century. Pretty badass. It was deep into his fiery heart He took the dust of Joan of Arc And then she clearly understood If he was fire Oh, then she must be wood so to commemorate this day, why don't you read up on Joan of Arc while listening to some nice music? That is always a good combo. And in this episode, we will have some music. My guest is musician Craig Rieger. His band Comeback K has recently released an album called Get Well, and it documents his battle with the anti-anxiety medication known as benzodiazepine. To check out this album, search on Spotify, Get Well, Come Back K, or simply go to comebackk.bandcamp.com. All the links will be posted in the program notes and on naturalbornalchemist.com. Here's Craig. So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So can you tell the listeners a bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Craig Rieger. I am um, w- right now. I'm a high school librarian in Montana, um, and I just released a an album about my struggles going through benzodiazepine withdrawal. And uh, we released. We worked on that album for about. Uh, the last three months, I released it at the beginning of February. For those that don't know, what what kind of a a drug is that? Um, it's basically a uh, it's like an anti anxiety medication. It's a it's a depressant. It's used to help people with anxiety. It's used to help people with sleep issues. I know it's also used for um, like a epilepsy in a lot of cases um but oftentimes it's it's prescribed for anxiety and uh sleep issues the the most common uh brand names for it are uh Xanax, Valium, Clonopin and Ativan. 
and you uh, became addicted to this uh... um it wasn't really I, i wouldn't call it an addiction it was more of a an inadvertent dependence on it that i didn't know was actually happening um i was actually able to well i i guess basically what happens with this medication over time is um you like i said your body becomes dependent on it and your your brain becomes dependent on it and without it you basically you can't function properly and this is of course was prescribed to me by a doctor i was given i was taking a very low dose of this medication and i took it over the course of probably four years off and on and every time i would quit this medication i would quit without a proper taper of the medication and you find out you're not actually supposed to do that you're supposed to taper off these medications slowly and then i was off the medication for a couple of years and i was doing pretty well managing my anxiety and my sleep was pretty uh doing pretty well and then i actually went back on it when my anxiety kicked up again and within a couple of months i could tell that i was completely dependent on it and was having a really hard time if i missed a dose I was not addicted to it. I I was dependent on it and I was just having a very hard time um functioning without it, but I was able to just I basically just dumped it down the toilet and never took it again because I knew it was actually causing me more harm than good. So did the doctor prescribe this right away or did they try other things first? No, this was the first thing they prescribed for um well, I I guess I had taken some other medications for sleep. Um one of those medications was Ambien and um it really messed me up. Like it was it was not helping me sleep. I was having to take more and more, so I actually got off that and went to a sleep specialist and they put me on Clonopin to help me with sleep. Wasn't that the one that Roseanne Barr took and she started tweeting strange things the Ambien or she actually, she blamed it on it anyway. <laughs> I can I can imagine that it would make somebody tweet strange things Ambien yes. Yes. Um it I've heard the as far as what I understand about Ambien a lot of people can take it and um still kind of be awake but be a half asleep and they can go out and drive and get in car wrecks and all sorts of stuff. Maybe you did this but uh, logically wouldn't the doctor first try something like uh, Why don't you take an hour long walk every day or I I'm not a doctor but like other things because some some form of stress or anxiety can help with that if you don't do that normally but some for some people that's not enough. Yeah. I think it's you know with the the modern western medical uh system that's not really where they're going to go first. I think it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to treat the symptoms with medications um that may or may not work and that may or may not be harmful to a person's health in the long run. And as I'm learning more and more about prescription medications, especially psychiatric medications, in the long run they're going to do more harm than good. As as I've done a lot of research over it. Do you, do you think your doctor got some sort of economic kickback from prescribing it to you? Yeah, and I don't really know that. And I had multiple doctors prescribe it over the years. So, you know, I don't I've heard of that. You know, I'm familiar with uh, doctors getting economic kickbacks from prescribing medications and you can actually 
there's some websites in the U.S. where you can try to you can almost search your uh, your your uh, physician and see what they're making. I, I never did it with any of mine because I I didn't care enough. But I've seen I've seen websites where you can find out um, how much money they're making from pharmaceutical companies. Pfizer, that it's one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies. It's also the world's one of the world's biggest lobbyists. They spend uh, billions of dollars every year uh, trying to force their medicines on uh, on uh, on the system. And uh, from the European perspective, it's for many years we've seen that the U.S. is. Uh, controlled by these big pharmaceutical companies but now we've started seeing that uh, the same kind of thing is beginning over here as well where people are very quick to hand out pills to even to children that can't sit still which is normal if you're a child really yeah yeah it's pretty scary to think that that children are getting medicated for things like adhd and you know that's just normal for them to be moving around and be active so how did you? Um, how long was it since you stopped using that uh, prescription? I've been off the prescription for about twenty three months. So on March twenty first, I'll be off it for two years now. Um, and I've I've been I haven't had alcohol in coming up on. Well, coming up on a couple years as well because. Um, Alcohol works on the same part of your brain as these uh, this particular prescription drug. It's a depressant. So, what have you done to treat yourself instead? Is it just it's like meditation or other alternative things or just? No, it's, it's been brutal. And honestly, I'd say the number one thing I've done to get through the past couple of years is try to stay as distracted as I possibly can. And, you know, that's part of the reason I was working on an album about the experience because it, it gave me something to do to keep busy with not only writing the songs, but practicing the songs and then recording the songs. Now I'm kind of trying to promote it a little bit. So it kind of gives me something to think about besides the the symptoms that I'm feeling. But I mean, in the early stages of this, I had to be pretty much up up and moving all the time. So I'd be taking walks constantly. I'd have to just find stuff to do around the house that kept me up and moving because there was no way I could sit down and relax. I've kind of lost that ability. Is it like anxiety or depression or what? Um, well, I mean, if I, if I, I don't want to go too in depth on all of the symptoms, but I can tell you the very first thing that happened when I quit taking the medication was um, I did not sleep for about a month and a half for more than about a half an hour to an hour a night. And that, and I didn't quit working or anything. So it was really difficult. Um, at one point during that, I did get my sleep back probably a couple months later. And then I started feeling, uh, just, a, a very, very bad chemical depression that, was really scary because in my life I had absolutely no reason to be depressed as far as like situationally. Uh, my life was pretty good. Everything was going well. And it was like nothing I've ever experienced as far as that level of depression based on something that had happened in my life prior, like the, the, the you know, any other period of like 
sadness or grief would, um, you would be able to identify why you felt that way and you knew why you felt that way. And eventually it would just go away. This, you couldn't identify why when you tried to, you tried to figure out, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, but it was really just chemical and there was nothing I could do about it. And, uh, it it was brutal. And that's why I was saying I had to kind of be up and moving all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the depression was terrible. I, I definitely had, it, it didn't feel like the anxiety that I had before, though. It didn't feel anything like that. It was much different. I've heard, have you tried, and I don't know how, where you are living, uh, what their laws are, but uh, uh, the CBD oil, they say, is pretty good for if you have problems sleeping. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I've tried a lot of different supplements throughout this and CBD oil has been one thing I did try for a couple weeks. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to trying it again. Uh, it, I, the, the problem that I found with trying supplements and I, I've tried different, uh, forms of herbal teas. I've tried, uh, like the CBD, like you said, I've tried all sorts of supplements. Uh, one, that I tried was lithium orotate, which is supposed to help with mood and depression. I've tried uh, fish oil. I've tried SAMe. I've tried basically everything out there. And what I've kind of come to find from supplements is they don't really crack any of the symptoms. They might give me kind of an illusion of maybe they're working for a day or two, but then it kind of just goes back to the same old stuff. I, you know, and the one thing that I've learned about benzodiazepine withdrawal, especially if you end up having it for a very long period of time, there is very little you can do but wait and just hope it gets better. Oh, so you mean that many of these symptoms are because of that substance? Yeah, they just you can't you can't use um, things that would work with uh, uh, somebody who doesn't have a a damaged nervous system. It just doesn't seem to make any difference what you try and nothing really cracks these symptoms because it's it's uh, nervous system damage and it's it's brain damage. And so these these tra- uh, other remedies just don't seem to to really help that much. I think I, I think there are people who have found some um, some benefits from from certain supplements, as I've read on different forms, Internet forms and. Facebook groups, there are some people that swear by some things helping them, but I have not really found that thing. I see. Then I didn't fully understand. I thought when you stopped taking it after a while, you only had your old problems that remained. No, I. Um, it's very different from my old problems. It's much worse, actually. I would give anything to go back to the anxiety I had before. What about... Uh, uh, serious uh, psychedelic therapy have you been, looked at that uh yeah i've looked into it but i've not really really um given it a whole lot of consideration i'm really trying to just do it as natural like as 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 few chemical substances as i can put in my body that's kind of what i'm going for because i know nothing i i'm gonna take i'm gonna really want to do take long term kind of trying to just learn to live with it and uh It is getting better. I mean, if I look at where I was a year ago when I was about 12 months off it compared to where I am now at 24 months off it, it's definitely improving slowly. 
I'm, I'm a lot more functional than I was at that point. So even just being able to record that album, it shows that I've, I've come a long way. That's very good. Now, the reason I mentioned uh, psychedelic therapy was because it could help uh, removing the original problem, uh, and but only if it's done in a, in a serious way. And it's uh, the good thing with psychedelic therapy, if it works, is that it a, can be a one-time thing. You don't have to do it again or anything like that. But uh, the key is to find a, a good facilitator or something. You can. I don't mean like taking some mushrooms and sitting in front of the TV. You know, you have to do it properly. Uh, and uh, so um, I don't know if you know the organization MAPS. It's the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. And they are doing uh, a lot of uh, trials with people who suffer from, uh, mostly it's they doing it for PTSD, but the symptoms of that is very similar to things you've mentioned. And uh, they having, there's a lot of success uh, stories from that. And, and the good thing with MAPS is if uh, you, you can also apply to be part of the study, so you get it for free also, so you don't have to pay for it. But uh, um, because the good thing with uh, like, mushroom therapy or ayahuasca or those kind of substances is that they uh, when you take it you can uh, it's hard to explain but you uh, get to meet face to face the issue you have and then you can exercise it somehow it's i can't really say because it's so individual depends on each person but uh, it uh it can, for some people, they need several sessions. For some people, they just need one. Um, but uh, it can be quite effective because most of our anxieties and depression often have a root problem that we don't even remember. It can come from something in our childhood. It can be even an event that wasn't really that. It doesn't have to be any big event in our childhood, but because we're so young, it created something that had a snowball effect, you know. But anyway, I thought we were going to listen to one of the songs uh, uh, from the album. W- uh, which one should we... Or we listen to two songs, actually, but we'll start with one. Which one do you think we should start with? Um, you could... You can. I guess we could start with um, the one that you liked, the mi- Mirrors. Uh, so can you tell about Mirrors? What's uh, the story behind that? It was That one was actually the first one that I wrote for the album, probably around the time I was quitting the medication. And then I, when I recorded the first version of it, I didn't like it very much. So I sort of um, kind of reworked it a little bit because I didn't want to lose the lyrics that I had. And I just was able to incorporate those lyrics into... Um, sort of a different melody and different chord progression. And it's basically about the idea of sort of living with an invisible illness where you look pretty normal on the surface, but are really struggling. And that was kind of one of the things that that's kind of amazed me as I've gone through it is I can look at myself in the mirror and I look perfectly fine physically, but I'm really struggling still. Um, so that's kind of what this one's about. Just wanna sleep. 
question you said you worked as a librarian uh, what's the situation with uh, libraries these days are they still used or you're in a school I guess so they have to use it but uh, is it a dead art form yeah libraries are, are still used um, I work in a public school library which also functions as the the public library so it's a shared library between the students and the public and it still gets used um, pretty regularly both for um, computer usage um, internet access and then also for books I would say the majority of the the physical material that's going out of the library is in the form of fiction not as much nonfiction stuff gets checked out anymore, but we still have a lot of a lot of checkouts for fiction, whether that's uh, DVDs, uh, audio books, uh, regular books, that type of stuff. But it does get it does get used quite often, and it's it's a still a, a good resource for students and the community that I work in. That's good. With age and having a normal income. Uh, I've always had this thing where if I read a book, it doesn't matter if I like it or not, I want to own it. <laughs> it's the only materialistic thing I have. So that's why I never go to the library because I want to own the book. But when before when I was poor, young and poor, uh, that was a good resource. But I, I always thought that maybe it was dying because of the internet, you know. Yeah, I would say some some aspects of it do seem to be dying out a little bit. And one of those is definitely... Um, nonfiction. There are there aren't too many people doing research with books anymore. They're they're mostly using the internet for research purposes. But I still think people read physical books for pleasure, and they still get checked out quite often. And uh, we have movies and audio books, and those get used quite a bit as well. I I was never bullied in school, but. I was a potential candidate for being bullied, but I always resisted it. So they never really managed to do it, but I was a target, if you could say that. And I always found the library to be a haven because bullies didn't even know where it was, you know. <laughs> it was like a secret because bullies don't go to the library, at least in my school. Yeah, I think that's probably I think that probably is true where I'm working as well. We get a lot of uh the younger kids, younger high school age kids kind of hang out in there more so than the older kids for sure. So are you spiritually inclined in any way? Like uh, any 
religion or anything like that that could uh, aid you in your struggles? Um, I, I would say that, um, you know, I was brought up Christian. Um, I, my parents went to a Lutheran church and, um, I don't go much anymore. Um, and I, you know, er, during some of the worst stages of suffering, I was definitely trying to, to pray more. I don't do it as much now. There's also been moments where I've been really angry too, where I've been angry at, you know, God and how could this happen to me? Cause I'm a good person. I didn't want this to happen. And it almost just seems unfair to have that level of suffering for, for doing something that I thought was fine to do. And I didn't think it would have that effect. So I've gone kind of back and forth. Um, and lately it's just more been, I, I guess, probably just apathy. What do you think, uh, should, uh, change? Do you think these kind of medicines or drugs or whatever you want to call them should just be totally banned or, uh, how do you look at them? Uh, I think that eventually I, well, I think there, there's a situation now where there's, you know, millions and millions of people on these medications and these people cannot be taken off these medications quickly or you'd have complete chaos. Um, I think they should be, I don't think they should be prescribed to, to new people. Like if, if it's someone coming in saying they have sleep issues or anxiety issues, this shouldn't even be as far as benzodiazepines are concerned, concerned, it shouldn't even be an option anymore. Um, But as far as the the already millions and millions of people taking them, like they pretty much have to probably stay on them, or else they have to work out some sort of slow symptom based taper with a doctor, or else it's just going to be torture. Wasn't that Las Vegas shooter on that? Uh... Uh, yeah, he was taken. I think he was taken. Uh, let me think. Here. I actually was just reading about this. Um, he was on one of them. Um, I think he was taking Valium. I can't remember which one for sure, but yeah, there's that, that new Eminem song where he's kind of detailing, he's kind of going back and forth between the perspectives of that, the shooter in Las Vegas and then what he went through with his Valium addiction. Another Valium fall off the bed, hit the ground and crawl to the dresser. Alcohol on my breath as I reach for the scope. I'm blacking out, I'm all out of meds with the benzodiazepines gone now. It's just magazines sprawled out on the floor. Yeah, I, I actually was looking into more of these, you know, these mass shootings and these horrible acts of violence. And you come to find out a lot of the people who commit them are on some form of psychiatric drug. And it's not always a benzo. Sometimes it's an, an SSRI antidepressant, um, you know, like a Prozac or a Lexapro or whatever those are. And there's all, all forms of these psychiatric drugs can lead to behavioral changes. So I mentioned earlier the ayahuasca that can be very good for healing, but there's one restriction with ayahuasca, and that is if you drink ayahuasca and you're on an SSRI, that could be instantly fatal. So they always warn you that you have to uh, take those things out of your system before you drink it. And to me that kind of proves those drugs are dangerous if they can't com be if they can't be combined with a natural plant 
probably not good to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a lot about both the SSRIs and then you introduce some, a supplement that you can get that serotonin syndrome. That's apparently really, really uncomfortable too. So, so did you do this like in your, uh, at home in your bedroom, this album, is it like a DIY kind of thing? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's an interesting story about it. You know, I, I really have only done home-based recording. I do have some other albums besides this one that I did before. And um, this was kind of the first one where I could focus on kind of one subject for all the songs. That's kind of what I was trying to do. So I use um, Logic Pro on my Mac. And I what I did for this was I would... Um, I would usually start with the guitar and then I would record the vocals and then some backing vocals and then maybe some bass. And I was actually sending the kind of those bare bone tracks to another guy in uh, Utah. He lives in Salt Lake City and he was actually finishing the songs. He's another person who's trying to taper off a benzo and he would finish the songs for me by adding drum, sometimes backing guitar or other backing instruments. And uh, uh, he did some backing vocals on it as well. And then he would send it back to me and I would listen to it and offer some, any suggestions if I had them. And then that was pretty much the end of it. So it was it was kind of a fun process and working with someone who's who I wasn't working with in person, but I was working with him over the phone and sending them emails of the, the tracks, then he was finishing them. It's kind of backwards, because traditionally you have, you'd record a drum track first, right? Well, I use drum. I would start with drum to give me the, to make sure the song was in time. So I would, I usually would, I copy and paste like a basic drum beat that whatever the time signature is for the song, whether it's in 4-4 four, four, or 3-4, four, and... I would then record the guitar using that just basic drum part just to help me keep the song in time. And then I would usually delete it right away. And once I got the guitar part finished, and then I would do the vocals and everything else. So I did technically start with a drum, but just to help me with the time. I've been in many areas of the United States, but not Montana. But my impression is thinking about your problems and that that it would seem like a place where you would go to find peace and quiet you know like it would be a, like a calm place i'm thinking about the nature and that uh, yeah i mean it's a it's a really great state to live in um it's you know the winters are kind of long and kind of hard but summers are really nice and uh i'm really looking forward to spring here when i can get outside and start walking more so, but it's a, it's a nice state. You know, I was, I lived in a town. I've actually moved during the process of this. I moved back to my hometown and in the previous town I lived in, I could just walk about four blocks and I'd be at a trailhead and could hike, uh, up into the mountains. So, so, um, this album, where can people get it? Where, uh, do you have a website or anything like that? Um, no, I don't really have a website. Um, so basically the the band name that I work under is called Comeback K. 
and uh, I, I, I'm on Bandcamp. I'm on uh, any all the streaming sites like Spotify and Apple Music, um, and then uh, Amazon. You can buy the the digital download on Amazon. You can buy the digital download on iTunes Store. Um, but I don't have a website or anything. Um, you just have to, you just have to go to one of these music providers and search the band name. Cool. And, uh, we were going to play another song. Uh, can you talk a bit about uh, that song? Yeah, I think it's, is it medicines? Is that the one I sent you? That one was, and that was the only one that I didn't have written until we started recording. And as we were recording, I, I wanted to have 10 songs. So, um, I was able to write that one really quickly and it's kind of got a Western like feel to it. I know the, the person that I was working with added a lot of backing sounds and, and drum that made it sound like it almost like a Johnny cash song. And I whistle in it. It's the first time I ever tried to whistle and it sounded, it came out okay. Cause I'm not a great whistler, but you can have as many takes at it as you want when you're recording it. Um, and I, I think it's been one of the most uh, praised, I guess, so far of the songs. Like a lot of people said they like that one, so I went with that one. Uh, so yeah, so we listened to that. And uh, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. Freedom is in the mind. Well, I'm a lost soul bathed in fire tonight. It's all about coping. Siren worlds that I create in my dreams Well, I don't want to wake up and face reality And I never knew how hard a life could be Then I took a little medicine I sank into the sea, into the sea Yeah, they fooled me Visualize times when I felt more happy Shooting a basketball or drinking endlessly Now all I can do is try to breathe more deeply Walk around the 